Hello and welcome into another episode of the Michael Like Stuff podcast. Before we get to the Clingers Have Spoken today, I wanted to let you know that it's Masters Week, people. The best week of the year for the golf fans in your life. So, if somebody's watching a little bit too much golf this weekend, give some grace. It's the biggest weekend of the year. And also tell that person, follow the Shattered Golf Collective on YouTube and on Instagram. It's at Shattered Golf on Instagram. And you can search Shattered Golf Collective on YouTube. Got some great videos up. A fun little side project I'm working on with some of my buddies. Just hobby stuff. We're not putting too much too much time into it. But I think, you know, you might enjoy it. If you like golf or you like me or you like some of the people in it, it could be well worth your time. Here's tonight's episode. The Clingers have spoken with my brother Joel. Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode seven of season 44 of Survivor. We're watching that. This is the Clean Years of Spoken. We haven't been around for 44 seasons, but we're here giving you this one, and we just watched episode six of season 44 of Survivor. My name is Joel. That's Michael. Um, Michael, how are you feeling? I feel like this season we were at going through the grocery store in the produce section, and then we turned the corner, and all of a sudden we were buying exotic animals. And then there was a confetti cannon that happened. And then we had to be putting a picture together while we were going down the exotic animals aisle. And then the picture told us which exotic animal we should buy. That's what tonight's episode felt like. Yeah. It did, you know, like, you know, it, sometimes when I'm when I'm watching this this show, I feel like I'm driving a bus, right? And then this one person gets on screen and they start talking to me about their plan A, and then they leave, and then I, this other person walks up onto the bus, and then they tell me their plan B. So then I'm like, okay, well, I don't know what to do, and then plan C comes along, and yeah, I think I think uh, there are a lot of analogies on Survivor, and some of them make more sense and cut through more than others. And some of them are just really weird. Um, but yeah, I, I also echo that same sentiment. Matt was, Matt is a very quirky human being and he seems like a dork and kind. He seems like he lacks self-confidence a little bit, but I like him a lot personally. I don't know when he, when he was throwing his analogy came up and he was just smiling and he was just waving his arms and talking about confetti and all that stuff. I thought it was so funny. Not because like I, agreed with that or that would come out of my brain i just i just appreciate that and like a human being is playing survivor i guess i don't know hey it was uh, matt i feel like is already more memorable than a lot of people who have played survivor so he made the merge he seems like he's coming out of his shell a little bit he's got himself a girlfriend they're holding hands at night so i mean (laughs) what more can a guy want like okay like we i feel like we haven't talked about the showmance like Hardly at all. How, I, like, when was the last time a showman's made it, like, this far? Was it, like, Taylor and, uh, what's her name that you saw at the Fig, thing? Fig Tales. 
Taylor Figgy, and Figgy. Yeah. Was that the last one that we've seen? Yeah. <laughs> I think that uh, Jeff tried to say that Dan and uh, Kara from David vs. Goliath with was a show Mance. Because he was like, we've got oh. our first show in an interview. He was like, we've got our first show Mance this season since season 37. But it, that wasn't really a show Mance. I feel like that was very one-sided. Yeah, that didn't really show on camera. They didn't hold hands or anything, you know? They weren't like, yeah. If there's no nighttime scenes of you kissing or holding hands, it's not really a show Mance. Yeah, yeah. That's nothing. That is not a relationship at all. This seems like it is. Like, we've gotten much more of Matt saying, like, yeah, I, I kind of like her than, than Franny saying it. But Franny also did say that Matt is a guy who she would go to, like, an Ethiopian restaurant with, which I thought was interesting way of putting that information. Um, but, yeah, I am kind of all for it. Like, I hope they're happy. I hope they're still dating. I really doubt that, though. But I, I don't bet know. they are. We'll see. That's my bold prediction for tonight that Matt and Franny are still together. Like they have chemistry. Like it's not fake. Like it's 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 kind of real. Like they work like they're they're bonded. I don't know. Like I, I see it. You know, I don't know if that works out in like the real world, but on this island, like they have chemistry and it's very interesting. There's a lot of tension going on about their feelings, and it's it's great. I love it. I am all for it. Some people are like, we can't let the showmance like get this far. I'm talking about like fans. Like I'm talking about like people on Twitter, and I'm like, why not? <laughs> like, like why not? We, we haven't seen. We barely ever see this. You know, it's like they barely bond the tribal council. They haven't really dominated the game at all. It's just they're just kind of there and they're having a good time. What's so wrong about that? I don't know. I don't know, man, but yeah. Any other thoughts on the showmance? I really like it. No. Cool. All right. Well, let's get let's get actually into the episode and what actually happened. So, like, at any point in this episode, did you ever think that Josh was like not gonna go home? They they got me to the point where I thought it was 50-50 him versus Jam Jam at Tribal. Really? And I was, you know, that like I was thinking the whole time it's probably still Josh because they they really played up the thing they played up the most in the episode is who's the backup vote. That's the right, thing that they yeah. were playing up the most. And they spent so much time in that. I think like I started to believe that that was actually important who the backup vote was. But that was but just like their we, way of making drama. Like Josh was going home. Everyone thought so. We viewers all knew Josh didn't have an idol. And literally everyone there should have known because Carolyn told him and they didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that I thought Josh was going home the whole time. As soon as that the, that group lost, they, they went to the merge, whatever. I was like, oh, well, yeah, Josh is gone. Like, because they're talking about the backup, but it's like, okay, this doesn't influence like who they actually want gone anyway. So like, who cares? Um, but again, like Carolyn was not in this episode a lot, but she was in it in the merge piece where again, she had valuable information 
that everyone else just kind of discarded. <laughs> it's like it's like Carolyn is telling them that she has information, she's a powerful player, and they're like, No. <laughs> no, it can't be. Like you you have your fun. Like, great story. We'll see if it's true, you know. And they're literally like making up trying to come up with ways in their mind that she could be wrong. You know, like, Matt is like, maybe he played the fake idol and kept the real idol. And it's like, no, like, that does not make sense. Like, it was crazy to me because you're right that Carolyn wasn't in the episode that much, but still a large portion of the episode was told from her perspective. She opens the episode. She uh, is like at the merge feast. It's really from her perspective what's happening. And then when they're sitting around the campfire and she's talking about how hard it is for her to connect with a large group of people, that was from her perspective as well. I'm going to say this now, and I'm like 85% sure that Carolyn wins this season. Yeah. Like... And I kind of like I kind of like the way that they're doing it because like if they weren't doing it this way, we would get to the end of the season and we'd be like Carolyn won? Yeah. But the way that they're doing it, it's like of course Carolyn won. Like she was right about everything. She kept trying to tell people over and over and over and over again and they didn't believe her and they all got voted out because they didn't trust her information what she was telling them was right. Just like uh, Sandra wins heroes versus villains because she's like tells all the heroes like I literally told y'all not to trust Russell and guess what you did <laughs> you trusted Russell like that's not my fault that's your fault that he's in this position and I think she could get to the end of the game and be a very similar position of like y'all I literally told you what was gonna happen I'm sitting here because everyone thinks they can beat me. But the truth is, I've been writing about everything the whole game, and no one's bought it. And yeah, Carolyn's gonna win. Let's just let's just start. Like I, I think I'm gonna watch. This. I, I don't think I can help but watch the rest of the season with that as my thought process of Carolyn is going to win this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like any other result really wouldn't justify the edit that she's getting. You know, like they open the season with her breaking the fourth wall like come on like that's a that's a huge sign and we all didn't believe it we were like oh this is just like a kooky character maybe she makes it to like the finale or whatever no she's probably gonna win she's played the best game so far and no one cares about her or they're setting us up for like a carolyn was robbed edit to where which would be like she's the main character of the whole show and we get to the end and she sits there at tribal council and tells everyone why she should win and they still don't believe her and she doesn't win and she's like a zero vote finalist that would be a crazy thing because i feel like that would be survivor saying that the winners aren't really like the best people uh, they don't win like like the kind of the whole system of like the people on the tribe choose is invalidated by the way like that we are editing this so like i feel like they wouldn't take that 
they kind of have to be like, yeah, they won that season. Period. They played a good game. I mean, I don't, I don't think Survivor. It would be the first time Survivor has made someone the main character who doesn't win. I mean, I definitely think like in forty one, they were really hyping up Shan and they were really hyping up Ricard. Neither of them won. Thirty eight, they really hype up Rick Devins. He doesn't win. Uh, Thirty seven, they really hype up. Mike White, they really hype up Christian. Neither of them win. I don't think it's a, an unheard of thing for them to, you know, for where someone's the main character and they fall short at the end. Yeah, I feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like it's different because they're not really portraying Carolyn as like a strategic god like they did some of those other people they're kind of portraying her as like she's being who she is and she's dominating the game just by being who she is and everyone's just ignoring her like the other the other times i feel like we the people on the tribe knew like the people on the island knew shan was a threat they didn't want to play with shan you know they knew ricard was a threat they knew carla was a threat but like no one's gonna know that carolyn is a threat and that's why they're showing it this way. So, like, I don't know. Maybe, but I, I think that goes, I don't know, that goes antithetical to the whole point of, like, her being the winner, which I think is the case. If uh, Carolyn, Jam Jam, or Carson doesn't win, then I don't know what we're talking about here. Like, why are we even thinking about the edit if none of those three people win? But why is it being edited the way it's being edited if none of those three people win? Exactly. Like, I think think that it's pretty safe to think that it's at least Atika and probably Carolyn who comes out at the end of this. So, spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't want to be spoiled by a good prediction. The last two episodes have been Jam Jam heavy, too. You know, and he didn't get voted out either time. And honestly, like, wasn't crazy close either time. He's just like, because he's just, they got so much of him just saying, oh, I think it's going to be me. Like, oh, Josh is going to vote me out. I don't know why he has, like, a grudge against me. But I want to get Josh out. But I don't have any friends, so I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, that was probably, like, 20% of the episodes the last two, the last two weeks. And, like... I don't know. Why would they show that much of him just like complaining and acting like he's helpless? I don't know. I that was that's odd to me because Jam Jam is a lovable character, but I don't know if I want to see him like say I can't do anything. I'm getting robbed or like whatever, you know. Yeah. I I think that uh they're definitely framing framing him as a main character. I think it they had to for tension the last couple of weeks, though. Like, they had to build it up as maybe Jam Jam would be going home before Tribal got canceled. And then they had to build it up that way this time. So, I think for, like, purposes of, like, each episode having its own story, they kind of had to do that. But, like, they didn't have to graft Carolyn, Carolyn in, in such a way in this episode. And they did anyways. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the Tika that is neither of those people. Uh, Carson, 
that 3D printing really paid off for him. He literally did that puzzle so fast. As, like, that was crazy. As soon as I saw it, I looked at Madeline. I was like, if this guy's 3D printing puzzles, he's definitely done this one. Yeah. Like, this is an iconic Survivor puzzle. So I was like, he's he's got this. And then he did it. I, like, I feel like they made it like the other tribe was taking a while, but I think Carson just probably went up there and just did it super fast. Yeah. The other tribe was probably like, wow, why are we so horrible at this puzzle right now? And it's like, no, you're you're normal. <laughs> like this is this is a normal amount of time that it should take someone to do this. But if you've practiced it a lot, then yeah, you could probably do it pretty fast. I just thought it was funny because like they kept showing Carson just like placing piece after piece and Matt was like grabbing one piece and then like <laughs> kind of like, Well, where does this go? Well Carson's like just rummaging through everything. And I just thought that was interesting because, like, <laughs> Matt looks dumb <laughs> because Carson is just taking all the pieces and doing them a lot faster than he is. So, I don't know. I just thought that was that was fascinating. Good for Carson, although he did mention prior that he was like, I want to keep my threat level low. You know, I don't want to show off too much things yet. I don't want, I don't want people, I don't want to be the puzzle guy. I don't want people to think that I'm a threat. He's a threat now. You can't watch that and be like, okay, Carson's just another guy. What did you think about Carson telling Kane that he was the backup vote tonight? I think it made sense for him to do that because as far as Kane knows, like Carson's the only one on his side right now. However... The backlash from Brandon, which doesn't look like Brandon has very many allies, and others may be costly, but now that Carson has the Tikas and Kane, he can just grab two other people and they could be on their merry way toward the final six. Yeah. Like, Carson is the most trusted for Carolyn. He's the most trusted for Kane. He may be the most trusted for Jam Jam. So it's kind of like that guy has a lot of power in this game and he does it by cluing them in on things and pulling people together and making them lean on him. Yeah, like it's definitely a risky strategy for him to disclose that to Kane because he's not thinking if I if Kane finds out this, the backup vote's going to get switched to my closer ally, Jam Jam. Who might go home? He wasn't thinking that. So he almost blew his game up. But at the same time, like, it did probably is going to earn him points with Kane. I believe, last episode, you can roll the tape on this. I'm pretty sure that I said Jam Jam, Carolyn, Carson, Matt, Franny, and Kane were going to team up and be, it was going to be nerds and weirdos against the bro alliance i think that's kind of where we're heading that very well could happen yeah i think like the the people that we know the least about at this point is heidi and lauren we don't know anything about those two girls we know nothing yeah we know that you know that they're on survivor but we know nothing else about them 
like yeah that five those three and danny and brandon and jamie i guess yeah those five like they don't seem to be in a good spot i guess jamie thinks she's in a fantastic spot but she thinks he also thinks she has an idol and she does not so jamie is a mess so (laughs) okay can we can we talk about what happened after the challenge when they just show like the people that won and like jamie is just bawling and so is carolyn like i don't recall like one before the finale that was like that where they're just they're crying so much at one challenge like that that kind of blew my mind like if they're crying that that much in that challenge like what are how are they going to show their emotions later and hey look i i i'm trying to be a therapist tears are not bad it was just it was an odd reaction i thought yeah i feel like yeah i mean it was just weird uh jamie's just a weird person and like it does like her mental fortitude has not been great throughout this whole thing like she played a shot in the dark, though she was in no danger, and it wasn't for the same reason Matt played it. Matt's thinking, I, I won't have to cast a vote if I play it. She's playing it because she's afraid she's going home. She hits it and starts weeping, even though she was not in danger at all. Like, she's... Yeah. She's just... Yeah, she's just... She's just a character, honestly. I think that's the right the right way to, to say it. She's a character, not one who's gonna threaten to win this season i mean i wouldn't be surprised like if we if we do see like a double elimination episode this season it's gonna be like lauren and heidi back to back or something you know and we're just gonna be like oh and they're gone like where they like split the group in half or something and two people go home in one episode it'll be like lauren and heidi and everybody will be like never even knew those people so whatever um, did you yeah. see the um, the next time on Survivor? I did. Yeah. And Jeff said, "You won't have a say in who goes home." Yeah. What does that mean? He surely he's talking to someone. Right. He's either so. My theory is I. That's why I told Madeline. I was like, "There's no way no one gets to vote. That's just not." That's against the rules. Yeah, I mean that that that's not Survivor anymore. You've officially broken it. So I yeah, I think he was probably saying it to one person, or it's like they're just gonna split them into two groups, and half will go to the tribal, and the other half won't get a vote in that tribal, and then the other half will go, and that half won't get a vote, or something like that. But yeah, maybe it'll just be like the first the person that drops out of the challenge maybe he'll put put them all and then he'll be like i'll give you this much rice if like five people step out and don't get a chance to vote or whatever i don't know could be i would i I said this to madeline i said you know what if they had like instead of a reward challenge they had a punishment challenge like last person to finish or first one to drop out you lose your vote hmm that'd be interesting you know, like, I wouldn't hate that. 
Yeah, I wouldn't want it always. Maybe like once every like three seasons or something, throw one challenge in there. It's like that. Yeah. I mean, with so many people then, losing their votes nowadays, the problem with it would be everyone would know that person didn't have a vote. Yeah. But also, if the person drops out first in an immunity challenge, they're not a threat. Or in a reward challenge, like, they're probably not a threat that you want to get out. The only reason you'd want to vote them out is because you think it'd be a little bit easier because they don't have a, de- a vote to defend themselves with. Yeah. I don't know. That's interesting. I did see there was a tweet this week where a guy asked uh, ChatGPT if uh, it could come up with five new survivor advantages. And it was very interesting. What did like it come two up of them, with? I was like, oh man, I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. But two of them, I thought, like, wow, that would be interesting. Like one of them was like kind of a combination between like knowledge is power and something else. One of them was basically like an extra vote, just like a little different. Um, but, oh my gosh, it's, it was crazy. How about... Have you tried... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Have you tried ChatGPT? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I had it write an it, Easter sermon. Um, it, it can do a lot of stuff. I'm not preaching on Easter, so no, no plagiarism there, but... Um, so this is my idea for a challenge. This is my crazy, dumb idea for a challenge. It's like the shot in the dark, except you play it, and then Jeff has, like, the th- like three cups, and then he puts an idol under one of them, and then he shuffles them around on the table like, uh-huh. a, like a sleight-of-hand magician, and then mm-hmm. you have to choose which one it's in. Hmm. I, 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 how is that different than like just walking on different paths? I guess I don't know. It's more theatrical. Yeah, I mean it's just dumb. Like it's not. <laughs> it's not saying it's good or they should do that. It's just like that's a dumb, the dumb thing they could do. Do you find? I it? can't find it. I can't find it. Oh, one of them I think had to do with like mutiny. Like you could like leave your tribe if you wanted. Like is an advantage, or you could just like trade places with somebody. I thought that was sick. It would be interesting. I miss the mutiny. They haven't used that since like Cook Islands. But man, I would love it. I, I in Winners at War they did a safety without power, where you could just leave tribal council, but you didn't get to vote. But you definitely don't go home. I like that one. Yeah. It's like you can only use this at ten, or you can only use this at eight, or something like that. I really like that one. Um, anything else on this episode of Survivor? Not really. Bye, Josh. Good riddance. Yeah, dude. I mean, you've got, like, a crazy story, Josh. Like, you've gone through some, like, crazy stuff. I am thrilled that you are still here. Respect. But that's, I, you know, you got to play Survivor. I'm happy for you. Uh, Maybe it was the edit, but I'm happy to see you're gone. Respectfully. Respectfully. Don't come with, don't come for Jam Jam or Carolyn. Yeah, don't don't, don't say like, man, I'm so glad I got off that island with those people. Oh my gosh! And then the edit is just saying like, <laughs> they're the heroes of the whole season. <laughs> oh man, brutal. So brutal. he doesn't get to be on the jury because he didn't make the merge. Is that is that Correct. how they're doing it? Yeah, that's what they've done since forty one. Which I for think him. is dumb. 
like like the merge. They didn't make the merge, even though they're all staying on the same island. That makes no sense. I don't know. I wish they'd change that language. But there was no hourglass, so that's good. <laughs> Man, how how different would that season have gone if there was not an hourglass? Oh, my god! It would have gone completely different. Everybody said oh. they were going to vote Erica out, so. Man. Man. So unpredictable. Um, I do want to take a minute and just voice my frustrations with the Tennessee legislature because tomorrow they're voting on expelling my representative out of out of his spot and that is so crazy because like we learned in history class about taxation without representation it's it's literally tax like it's it would be literally be taxation without representation and i don't know what that would look like i don't know who would take the spot but that's just nullifying a lot of people's votes in my district which is a lot of people of color and me you know so like that's pretty frustrating and everything else that's going on so i'm i'm pretty mad about a lot of things and sad um but you know it's another day i guess i mean if you could just if you could just expel people from the state legislature. Number one, why has this not happened before? And number two, like, do they just like does the governor just get to appoint somebody now? Because that's messed up. I don't know who appoints somebody appoints someone, and then we have like a special election. But there's nothing stopping Justin Jones from just running again in the special election and winning, and then going back in. So it really wouldn't do much except for that little bit of time and they'll hammer through a bunch of legislation that they probably would have anyway, but less they'll have more ease with doing it, I guess. Um, We legit. There was. Go ahead. There was a case, uh, I think, in the last two years where a Democrat did get expelled, but it was because of like she got convicted of like some like fraud something you know and she claimed like oh this is just political whatever and it's like no you kind of got convicted of a crime though so like maybe maybe you shouldn't be in office but to think that you could just say like oh you disrupted you disrupted our meetings we couldn't talk about all this stuff that isn't going to change like anything so we're gonna expel you for decorum (laughs) like what I mean it just it just blows my mind. We we legitimately need like federal government intervention. You know? Like like I don't get why the US will intervene in all these elections all around the world to ensure democracy. And then there's something like this happening in our country and no one outside of Tennessee is going to do a single thing about it. Yeah. Like, like they need to like censure, like the federal government needs to like censure the Tennessee senators votes or something until they get this situation sorted out. 
you know? Like, that would be, like, a fair punishment, in my opinion. It's like, okay, if you're going to treat people in your state like they can't vote, we're going to treat you like you can't vote. That sounds like a fair trade-off. Because now, you know that our senators, or Marsha Blackburn, or whoever, now they're going to be mad. They're going to be going back to our to Bill Lee and the state legislature and telling them to fix this situation so that they can vote for, you know, whatever sort of crazy far-right thing they want. So, you know, I... We need some sort of intervention. But, like, where where does that... So... It's very bad because expulsion just, like, raises the bar a lot. Like, it, it raises the tension, like, a lot. Like, I followed Justin Jones for, like, a few years now. I didn't vote for him because I knew he was going to, like... He's a very loud, and per, like, person. He likes protesting. He likes standing up for, what, for people and their rights. And I get that. And I'm with him on this issue. And for him to be expelled is, like, insane. But it's, like... What is the end? Like, what do the next two years look like in Tennessee? Like, when he gets voted back in, what's going to happen? You know, is is nothing going to happen and people are just going to go on their merry way? Or is, like, chaos going to happen and worse things are going to happen? Well, I don't know. Well, that's, that's the, the thing, right? Is he, Justin Jones, beat Mike Stewart in the election. Well, he beat, he beat Delicia Porterfield. That's who he beat. Stewart didn't run. Well, I don't, well on the ballot for my district, it was Justin Jones and Delicia Porterfield. And I voted for Delicia Porterfield. They're both Democrats. Okay. Yeah. And then I don't even know if there was a Republican that ran in our district. Cause Stewart was that, that district for the longest time. And he like, he was, not anything like like he was you know he would do like more like low-key like let's logically talk about this type stuff right um that's the thing like that's what i think a lot of people have a problem and why they won't vote for progressive left politicians because they don't think their methods actually work and that their methods might actually do more harm than good. And, um, you know, if you, if you get expelled from the Tennessee legislature and you leave your, um, your uh, people without representation, you've now done those people a disservice. Not that they are trying to get expelled and they are trying to do the right thing in their mind. But, you know, what are you going to well, do? Well, see, I think... I think that's the thing. It's like, how badly do you want to change the status quo? Because we know the status quo. And it's the status quo is the status quo, but enough people voted in my district to send somebody that will disrupt that. And, like, we're seeing it happen right now. And, like, that's where we are. And that's a little unnerving. And some people may say it's hopeful. Like, they're... I think that they kind of want to get expelled so that they can be like martyrs in this situation and say, look how insane like Republicans are in Tennessee. 
and I can't say I fully disagree with them at all. I would say I agree with them. Um, and you know, it's, it's just, it just sucks. It sucks. Um, cause yeah, like the solution to gun violence is not more guns. That doesn't make any sense. That's like, that's like the solution to, uh, my poor diet would be like buying a lot of frozen pizzas. It's, just, it's not helpful. Like yeah. that's your, that's, that is horrible. Like that's horrible. Yeah. And you know, we'll see what happens. Like there's a definite progression from go into a large crowd of people with a knife and see how many people you can kill before you get taken out. Go into a large group of people with a shotgun and see how many people you can take out before they take you out. Go into a large group of people with a handgun and see how many people you can take out before they take you out. And then go in with an assault rifle. Those are all different. Like, this is a spectrum of, of weaponry we're talking about. And so when you make it about just all guns bad, all guns good, that is literally the dumbest thing in the world. And 80% of people who live in this country are not on either of those sides. And so that's the problem that we need to get across is that the 80% of people who aren't far right or far left, like, aren't governing right now. Well, because we keep electing far right and far left people. So the difficulty, I think there's just a gap in understanding. I think it's just winners and losers mentality. They think we're not going to change anything because then that shows weakness in us. And that shows that the, the we surrender to the left. And it's, it's just this horrible thing, this horrible situation we're in. One of the representatives told high school kids he thought that he was making a point to them about how he was right. And so one of them said, like, we should ban assault rifles or something like that. And he said, well, which, which weapon do you want to be murdered by? Which is an incredibly, like, insane and careless thing to say to someone. But that's where we are, where it's like he thinks that he is getting across two people to join his side and that is like such a jarring thing that like he lacks the empathy to understand what it is like to be in their shoes and that's difficult i mean god god forbid people either a use common sense or b listen to their constituents you know yeah either one of those would be great we don't have either right now yeah oh well, on Survivor and other things, um, this has been The Clearings of Spoken. My name is Joel, that's Michael, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. Happy Easter. Happy Easter.